Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today's guest is Julie Michelson. And Julie is an autoimmunity wellness expert who creates amazing transformations in the lives of her clients through her coaching business. Having gone through her own health struggles, she's excited to help her clients skip the hardship of figuring it out on their own and start living joyful lives of true wellness. Julie works internationally with clients in her remote coaching business, Julie Michelson Coaching. She's created the Inspired living with autoimmunity framework to guide clients to making the changes necessary to reduce inflammation and optimize healing. So what's the link between an autoimmune condition and betrayal? And once you have an autoimmune condition, can you turn it around? Not only is it possible, my next guest, Julie Michelson, will show you how she did it and how you can too. If you're struggling, tune in for some tips, tools, and suggestions to help you heal. Here's Julie. Okay, everybody, you are in for a treat because I'm here with Julie Michelson, and we're going to be talking about the link between autoimmune uh, issues and challenges and betrayal. And, you know, betrayal hits us on every level, physically, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually. And Julie's really going to help us uncover how does it affect us physically. So welcome, Julie. Thank you, Debbie. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy that you are here. So how is betrayal connected to autoimmune disease? It's very common that betrayal will be a, a triggering factor in autoimmunity. Um, and so, so many of us go through betrayal and, um, you know, we stuff it all in and we march on like good soldiers. Um, and often it is an underlying factor of the the beginnings of or worsening of autoimmune disease Mm -hmm. can you give us an example give us an example of like how we would see this show up so the so someone's been betrayed and then and let's just take they've been betrayed by it doesn't matter family member partner friend let's just say uh and then show us how it how it shows up sure i'll openly give you my example um, as this is how I got here. Um, I was in a tough marriage. I had three young kids, went through a move, got a divorce, all seemingly handling all of it fine. And with two, within two years of the divorce, I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. You know, all of a sudden out of no, seemingly nowhere, you know, I was fatigued. I was in pain. My sleep was off. I, just wasn't me. Um, and, and what I have found through working with people with autoimmunity is it's a really common issue, you know, that, that there, there's such a direct link between betrayal and, and how our body responds. And you know, and it's interesting because a lot of the listeners know I, I have arthritis too. I mean, so badly that I've had surgery in both feet and from the outside, they look fine. And on the inside, uh, every doctor I went to said, well, it's from all of your years of running. And I thought about it and I remember having the first surgery in my forties and I was like, why is it that some people can run into their seventies? You know, and here I am, I wasn't even, I wasn't even 50 and I could barely walk and it just didn't make any sense. But the the body is just picking up everything that the mind is going through and they are so intricately and exquisitely connected. There really is no separating it. So, so you found out that you, you had arthritis. What, what happened? Um, well, when I was first diagnosed, I was in my early thirties. And as I mentioned, I was a single mom 
and saw the top doctors, you know, in the state of Colorado, uh, felt very blessed to get diagnosed as quickly as I did. And they basically said to me, we're sorry, like, you're so young, we'll try to keep you as comfortable as we can, as long as we can. So basically, nothing you could do, you know, take our medicine, and we'll try to keep you alive, Mm. was was the outlook. Um, And I believed them, sadly. I spent a decade in that mindset of, you know, all I could try to do is be as comfortable as possible Mm -hmm. and kind of mourn the loss of who I was and who I wanted to be because I didn't have the energy to be her. Um, Right. And and that's what happens. We, we, We hear something and we just assume that everybody knows better than we do. And these doctors would definitely know best. So when you say, um, that let's say healthcare betrayed you, what, what do you mean? Um, so, so exactly that, um, obviously unintentionally, but the Western medicine perspective on autoimmunity is that a, it's genetic. And so you're going to get it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and B that there's, it is what it is like decline is inevitable and there's nothing you can do as, as a patient to take control of your body or reverse the the process or stop the process. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and as I said, I believed that for a decade, I ended up at a place where I was on 10 prescriptions Wow! and still in pain and exhausted. You know, it wasn't even like I was on 10 prescriptions, but I felt great. Right. Um, And it wasn't until my, my youngest came to me and said, mom, please don't die. Um, I was at that point, I was in my forties. My dad had passed at 54 and Mm -hmm. he seemed healthy until he Mm -hmm. passed away. So it was, it was like, okay, I know there's, you know, they say there's nothing I could do. I have to try. And then that was the beginning of my journey and the, the healing journey. And the more I learned about how the body actually works, the more I felt that betrayal Mm -hmm. from the allopathic doctors. And, and you know, and what's so interesting too is 10, when you're on 10 medications, how do you not have side effects from those meds? Oh, half of them were for the side effects from the other ones. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then that's what happens. It's like we, you, you know, we're on all of these things. We don't know what's causing what we're feeling worse. And it becomes this really negative cycle and spin. So your child said that to you. And that was sort of the wake up call. It sounds like. It was, it okay. was, it, you know, that it, I had to at least try, right. I, I couldn't just accept mm-hmm. um, and leave them. And, and so, you know, thank goodness for that moment because you know, there were plenty of things I could do and you know, thank God now I'm, I feel amazing. So what did you do? I first started learning about diet, um, from a different perspective. Um, I had already gone gluten-free because my son had been diagnosed with celiac. Mm -hmm. So that was the first big diet change. Um, Then I learned about things like elimination diets and paleo and, um, you know, truly inflammatory foods and um, got to spend a couple years actually experimenting on myself to, Mm -hmm. to really figure out um, and it's amazing because every time I thought, oh, this is wonderful, I feel great, mm-hmm. six months down the road, I'd feel even better. You know, it, it just keeps improving. 
And it's, it's amazing because it's all relative compared to where you were. Those changes brought you to a level that was great compared to, compared to that. And it's, it's, it's like someone, you know, who says, well, you know, let's say they're starting a, 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 let's say an exercise journey and they're like, no, 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 I have all the energy I need. And all of a sudden they start working out and they're like, wow, I had no idea. So exactly. Yeah. So what were the changes that you noticed? Like when you first made those dietary changes, because you know, I always try to get into my listeners' minds and say, okay, well, I want to know what she did because I just feel, you know, I feel awful and I'm on medications or even I'm not on medications, but I'm not happy with my level of energy, with my body, with how I'm looking, feeling, living. I want to do something. And and what's so interesting, what I noticed about when we were healing from from betrayal, one of the, the most significant or things we can do for ourselves is doing things that give us a sense of control. When our lives are so chaotic and so many things are out of our control, changing our eating, starting an exercise program is completely within our control. And it gives us back that sense of, okay, you know what? I, I can do this. While everything else is crazy, I can do this. So what were some changes that you made? And then how did you feel when you made them? So the first changes were, you know, again, many layers of, because I I just kept learning more um, diet changes. So I gave up for me personally, I found out, you know, what worked for my body at that time was completely grain-free, sugar-free, dairy-free, nightshade-free, and I really limit legumes as well, Mm -hmm. um, just because... Yeah. I'm going to stop you there because some people may not know what that's, nightshades are. Ah, uh, thank you. Um, nightshades are, sadly, that's my one thing I miss the most. Uh, tomatoes, peppers, uh, white potatoes, eggplant, mm. those are all in the nightshade family. And for okay. many of us with autoimmunity, they can be a pain trigger. Mm-hmm. And 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 it, they sound like such healthy, wonderful food. So this is it's so it's so interesting because it may be a great food for one person, but not for someone else. How do you know if nightshades are giving you a problem? Like, how would somebody know? The best way to determine is to completely take them out of their diet for at least thirty days, um, and then reintroduce them. Ideally, you're taking out most of the inflammatory foods at once so that your body can really respond well, and then really thoughtfully reintroducing one at a time Mm -hmm. to see. And that's how I learned. In the beginning of my diet changes, I still ate nightshades for about the first two or three years Mm -hmm. because I kept saying, they're fine, they're fine. I never took them out to see because I didn't know back then. Um, And then once I took them out and put them back in, I thought, oh, you know what? I wake up with joint pain the next morning. Mm -hmm. I know. So... Okay. So just one more time, the nightshade vegetables are? Those are tomatoes, peppers, white potatoes, and eggplant. Peppers, well, potato. Okay, great. Wonderful. So then what'd you do next? Next was another interesting piece to talk about things that you can control. I created a a truly dedicated meditation practice. Mm -hmm. Um, I started meditating for 20 minutes twice a day. And all of a sudden noticed my pain dropped significantly again, my sleep improved. And for the first time in a decade, I was waking up with energy. Mm. Was there a specific type of meditation that you did? uh, 20 minutes twice a day sounds like transcendental. Was that what you did or was it a different type? Um, Actually, it was Vedic meditation. I I did um, Emily Fletcher's program, Ziva Meditation, Mm -hmm. was how I I started um, and what I found 
through working with clients is it, it doesn't matter what kind, it doesn't matter what your routine looks like, is it's experimenting to find what works for you and being really regular with it. And, and, and I just, I would love you to dive into that a little bit more because there are so many people who say, oh my gosh, I try, I stink I at meditation. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm too, I have the monkey mind, all that chatter. Is there, are there any tips or suggestions Absolutely. I was one of those people, full disclosure. I said, I can't meditate. I stink at this. Um, and learned, thank goodness, that meditation is not sitting there for 20 minutes with a clear mind. Like that's not how our mind works. And that's why I tell people to, ex to experiment with all different kinds. The, the beauty in meditating is the exercise part is coming back so whether it's vedic meditation with a mantra and you notice you know you're making your shopping list you bring your mind back to the mantra whether you're doing you know, any kind of meditation the, the the useful part is noticing you've left and returning to your practice and that's where all the magic is um so even if you're a, you know, a monk that's been practicing for 20 years, nobody's sitting around with an empty mind all day. It just doesn't and, work. And I'm so glad you said that because, you know, sometimes we, we try something like meditation and then we're so hard on ourselves, but it's so normal to have our minds just drift and wonder we bring it back. I know personally with, that's why for me, um, a guided meditation Yes. is helpful because then I'm listening to someone because it left yes. to my own thoughts. You're right. Uh, there'll be the shopping list, who I need to call, what I need to do. Right. And there's something um, that seems to help me when it's okay. Just all you have to do is listen to what this person says. And when right. your mind drifts, go listen, bring it back and listen to what this person says again. Exactly. As long as the voice doesn't annoy you. You, you right. need a voice. And that's why I say experiments, you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely. Plenty out there. And, and I think there's certainly something for everybody. Right. Okay. So, so it sounds like the first thing you did was you changed your diet to get the gluten. You took out the, the, the sugar, the grains, the nightshades. You felt a difference there with your pain and things like that. You kicked it up a notch with meditation and that's where um, you had less pain. You had, you slept better and you had more energy and you know, you can see, you can see this progression now. It's like you've stopped that negative spiral and things are moving in the right direction because naturally when you start feeling better, you're sleeping better, you have more energy, you start looking at life a little bit differently. So what did that lead to for you? That led to, oh my gosh, I need to tell the world that you, it's that autoimmunity as a death sentence is a lie, right? Mm. Like I, I want people to know, um, it, like I said, it took a lot of research and self-education for me to find out, you know, that in fact we can turn things around with our body and we can heal. Um, so for me, one of the th other beauties that, that lifted with the diet and the meditation was the brain fog I had been suffering with for years. So as soon as I hit a certain point of clarity, it was, okay, I'm going back to school so that I, you know, can be qualified to help people do what I did, but not take so many years, you know, in parts and pieces, do it in an organized way. Um, and that brain fog is so, if anybody who's listening has experienced that, I know I have, it's, you're, you're, 
so shocked at yourself. You're like, what is happening to my mind? I remember going to, it was, we would, there's a, a group of friends and we always celebrate each other's birthdays. And it was one of the birthday celebrations. We were all meeting for lunch and it had, and we were supposed to meet at a restaurant. I must've been there 50 times for the life of me. I could not remember how to get to that restaurant. There was even one time I told the stories in, in this story in one of my books where um, someone was someone called and they wanted me to speak at their event. And then they, uh, they asked me for my phone number. My brain fog was so bad that I forgot my phone number. And I remember saying, Oh, can you hang on one second? And I was like, Oh my gosh, what's your phone number? What's my phone number? And I got back on. I said, Oh, you know what? I, I something came up. I have to run. Let me give you a call back. That was so Scary. not true. It was only yeah. because I absolutely could not remember my number. And it's, it's until you know what this brain fog is, it's, it's crazy. It's really scary. I actually just got a taste of what life used to be like. I, I suffered a significant concussion in the beginning of January oh, wow. and had a lot of cognitive difficulties, slow processing speed. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I always think, um, I'll take an experience like that and, you know, how is that going to best serve my clients, right? So it put me in touch with, I got to experience things I haven't experienced in a while. And then some other symptoms kind of a little closer to like ADD that were never in my MO. Um, and it just has given me such a deeper level of understanding for some of my clients that I'm working with. Um, and just a good, like, remember was that when that was like, when you couldn't count on your brain to pull up the information that you knew was in there? Yeah. Um, and, and it can feel irreversible when you're in it. Um, but thank goodness, you know, when you reduce your inflammation, you can really lift that fog. It's really, and it's like, you're getting your life back. What are some examples of other autoimmune issues that people can struggle with? Um, so I mentioned rheumatoid arthritis, um, MS is unfortunately getting more and more common these days. Um, any kind of you know, psoriasis, psoriatic arthritis, fibromyalgia, yes, no, is it autoimmune? It's definitely infl inflammation-related um, Alzheimer's, diabetes, mm -hmm. type 2 diabetes. I mean, they're all, you know, type 2 diabetes is not autoimmune while type 1 is, but type mm -hmm. 2 di diabetes responds to all of the things we do to reduce inflammation, as does heart disease. And, and let's let's dive into fibro a little bit because there are sure. there are lots of people who they get diagnosed and they don't know where the heck that came from, and it wasn't even something we knew about years ago. Sure. So tell us about that. Um, so autoimmunity autoimmunity in general is on the rise. Uh, I remember even when I got diagnosed in the early 2000s, you know, it was so rare for somebody in her early 30s to have rheumatoid arthritis. Mm -hmm. um, our environment is not supporting our health is, is what's happening. And toxicity plays a really big part of autoimmunity and triggering symptoms. Um, there's an expression in, in functional medicine that genetics load the gun, but environment pulls the trigger. Mm. Um, and so because toxins are cumulative, you know, we've got our air, our water, our food supply. And then most, most of us, I was guilty of this. I, I was, I grew up in a heart disease family. So for years I thought healthy eating was, you know, low fat. Mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. 
did not support my body at all. Um, and so putting all of that in combination often becomes more than the body can handle. And so it is one of the reasons that there's just such a rise in all autoimmunity. And yeah, fibro that came out, I mean, who had ever heard of fibromyalgia in mm -hmm. the 70s? Like it just didn't exist. Mm -hmm. um, no. And like I said, it responds really well to every, it, it is unbelievable when you, you look at these lists of chronic illness in America, they all respond to lifestyle change. All of them. And, and talk to us a little bit more about different lifestyle changes. So you mentioned sure. diet, you mentioned meditation. Give us some more. Yes. Um, and so along with meditation, I would, I'd put that in the category of stress management. Um, mm -hmm. So again, just like our bodies are individual, you know, what we're going to, what we're going to actually do and what brings us joy is different too. So it could be going for a walk, you know, or mm -hmm. moving meditation. Um, for me, it's riding my horses. Mm -hmm. So everybody's different. Uh, sleep is a huge factor. And of course, all of these are intertwined, right? Like I mentioned, my sleep got better through diet change and meditation. Mm -hmm. Then I learned how to improve it even more. Um, and, and so that's a really key piece. And I'd like to focus on that a little bit because yeah. when someone's been betrayed, night can, nighttime can be the worst. Yes. Uh, the veil is lifted. The demons come out. That's the, you know, it is just a brutal, brutal uh, experience. So, you know, and, and I remember back in the days, the early days of my betrayal, it was, it was like everything I was keeping at bay during the day because I was busy or busy with the kids or busy with work would come out at night. And personally for me, and I've shared this before, I, ha I remember sleeping with a headset on, having a guided meditation or an audio book that was so loud. It really was. And it was just to drown out my own thoughts. So, sure. so I would love you to share any sleep strategies or, or any tips here because I know others are struggling. Absolutely. And I think on the one hand, other than the loud to drown out piece, meditation could be a really no. good thing. Mm -hmm. um, one of the, the big things that, that plays into our sleep struggles, you know, take that anxiety of, of recent betrayal, right? And, and so that's, that's a really big piece. But all of us, typically, our sleep cycles are not, our, our rhythms are off. Um, most of us, if you are out and about in the world at all, um, you're exposed to all kinds of blue light that we're not supposed to be getting other than first thing in the morning. Um, we're on screens, we're, you know, TV, phone, computer, tablet, you name it. It's beaming us with blue light, which is telling our brain, wake up, wake up, wake up. And so, you know, put yourself in a heightened state and then tell yourself to go to bed. It just doesn't work. Um, so it's one of the easiest tricks to start to reset because you can't manage that, that running tape, mm -hmm. right? If your, your chemistry is telling you, you should be awake too. So then you have your thoughts <laughs> and your hormones all saying, you right, know, we forgot the hormones yeah, too. Sleep. Yeah. Add that yeah. in. Yeah. And so, and you know what, you mentioned blue light. I would love you to dive in a little bit more to EMFs. And I'm saying that because it's something that we haven't spoken about yet on the show. And what's so interesting is I've had such tremendous hip pain. Mm -hmm. 
And at night, it just, my hips burn there. If they're just completely on fire. And someone said to me, I think it's EMFs. And what's, I would never, I've, immediately I thought arthritis because I'm, you know, sure. that's something that's history. So <laughs> yeah, that's my history. So I'm like, all right, here we go again. And, mm -hmm. and it was such an interesting thought to think, wow, is it really EMFs at, at work here? Can you share a little bit about that and what may be going on here? Absolutely. So like I mentioned with these cumulative toxins, if you will, you have to add EMF to the list. Um, our bodies are not created to, to experience, you know, those frequencies. And, and especially again, all the time where if you're in a, a bill, I mean, everybody has Wi-Fi. you know, 5G is a big concern now for people. People have smart meters on the wall of their house. And some people seemingly, you know, are fine, just like some people can detox their toxins really well. Mm -hmm. There are those of us that are either overloaded or sensitive. Mm -hmm that definitely there are steps you can take to, to protect yourself. For, so for instance, my Wi-Fi in my house is on a, is on a timer. Mm -hmm. um, so that, you know, sorry if, <laughs> because we protect sleep here too. Mm -hmm. um, you know, hopefully nobody needs to be working past a certain hour of night um, mm -hmm. so that you're just not constantly getting beamed. And I have so many clients who don't sleep well. Mm -hmm they have like a, you know, they're in light sleep all the time. And I say, where's your cell phone? Oh, it's mm -hmm. on my night table. Right. Is it on? Well, it's on do not disturb. Well, do not disturb is it might as well be on mm -hmm. as mm -hmm. far as the EMFs and usually your night tables near your head. So you mm -hmm. think of that. You're just sending all of that right to your head all the time. Um, so depending on sensitivity levels, um, I'm curious to hear, you know, if you experimented and, and what you've done. I, because of my concussion, um, I flew on an airplane yesterday. I had EMF protection wrapped around my head because I thought the last thing my head needs. You know, no, explain what that is, EMF protection. <laughs> because so I had a, a garment that's made with silver thread that deflects EMF. Um, it's not probably the most attractive garment <laughs> in the world, mm -hmm. but it was like a little hood with a scarf so that you literally your head and neck are completely protected. Um, because I felt that recovering from a head trauma, it was really important to me sure. to make sure, you know. And what about those, uh, cause I know there are the, those EMF protectors you could put on your phone and things like that. Do they work? Are they helpful? There are definitely, um, there are products that work. I use them. Um, and, and I'm always looking for, you want testing, you want third-party testing. Mm -hmm. um, I know there are a lot of really popular products out there because they're discreet. Mm -hmm. And from what I've seen, they're not also not very effective. Mm -hmm. uh, but what someone needs to keep in mind is even with the products that work, say like my cell phone case, for instance, mm -hmm has a protection so that if I hold it to my face, which I really honestly never put it near my head anyway, but mm -hmm. um, EMFs are, are blocked from going toward my face. But, but in order for your phone to work, there has mm -hmm. to be exposure coming on the other side. Right. Um, so the only way to completely block EMF exposure is to turn your phone off. Yeah. And make sure all of your tracking is off. 
And, and this is real. I hope everybody's really listening to this because I know personally, if I put the phone to my ear, it, I feel it. I like my head hurts and I know it sounds absolutely crazy. I must be so ultra sensitive to it um, because I do. I physically, physically feel something. I don't know what it, it doesn't feel good. I mean, you can see here, I'm actually, I have this, I just got this. It's like this little, it's certain stone I'm wearing, which is supposed to be able to grab some of the EMFs. I don't know. I'm just exploring this. I love it, right? Fun. It can't hurt you. Right, <laughs> so, right. And, and I'm just hoping yeah. it helps because I'm just trying to find a solution to this this hip issue and, and to think that it's EMFs and here I am spending all my days in front of the computer. Um, yes. So ways yes, to protect but even it. for that, there are ways, you know, I mean, if, if I would recommend if somebody really has the sense that they're very sensitive or that it's part of a problem, mm -hmm. um, you know, go old, old school, use ethernet cables in your house, mm -hmm. get rid of just no Wi-Fi. We don't need Wi-Fi. Yeah. We just think we do. Yeah. And it's easy and it's convenient. Um, I happen to live out in the country. And so getting anything old school done out here is a bigger process. Right. I guess. Um, but you know, so, so there's always ways to get creative and you don't have to do it all at once. So what do you want to make sure everyone knows as we wrap up? I want to make sure everybody knows that no matter what your diagnosis, right, or how you feel when you wake up in the morning, you can turn it around. You can heal your body. There are things that you can do. Take your power back. Mm -hmm. You're not helpless. You're not stuck. You don't need to be stuck. Mm -hmm. um, because I wish I had known that you know, years ago. So that's, yeah. my, that's my drumbeat. <laughs> right. And yeah. say that saying once again, uh, genetics load the gun. And what was that? Environment pulls the trigger. I just like, I just love that. Yes. It's so true. Okay. So you heard it here first, everybody. There's so much we can do. So even if you do receive a diagnosis, you can turn it around. And we, you heard about so many different lifestyle changes from diet to meditation to stress management, EMF protection, better sleep, all of it. So Julie, where do we go to learn more about you? So reach out to my website, juliemichelson.com and it's M-I-C-H-E-L-S-O-N. And I'd love to hear from you, set up a chat, see if I can support you. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Julie. I know you helped so many people with what you shared today. Thanks, Debbie. It's my pleasure. I learned so much from Julie about simple lifestyle changes and how they yield big results. Changes like cleaning up your diet, managing your stress, meditation, improving your sleep, EMF protection, and more. They all help create a healthier body and mind. Stay in touch with Julie by going to juliemichelson.com and we'll have all of her information in the show notes at thepbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast. Here's my biggest takeaway. Genetics load the gun and environment pulls the trigger. What I love about that is it gives us the power rather than being at the mercy of bad genes. So much of how we look, feel, live, and think has to do with our inner and our outer environment. And that's great news because when we clean that up, we feel so much better. And as you know, betrayal hits us hard. So it's important to do what you can to move towards healing. Of course, to see what your betrayal left in its wake, take the post-betrayal syndrome quiz at thepbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz 
And have you checked out the PBT Institute membership community? Imagine everything you'd ever need to become your physical, mental, emotional best. Community support, certified coaches and practitioners you could schedule time with, daily classes on all kinds of interesting topics, curated experts teaching advanced strategies in the areas of health, mindset, spirituality, personal development. Imagine the most friendly, welcoming, and supportive place to become your best all online. I'm so excited to welcome you. Just go to thepbtinstitute.com forward slash join to learn more. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to be with you next time. And here's to your breakthrough. <music>